Alex Trayman, you're in Jerusalem. Not sure if you saw it or you're hearing it from me. Both of those things, Alex, you're in Jerusalem. Two-state solution, and yes, Iran is, is to blame, which makes us complicit. Did not both of those things make your stomach sick? Well, both of those policies, trying to force Israel to make land concessions to Palestinians and supporting the Palestinian Authority with aid for all these years, and at the same time allowing Iran uh, to develop its nuclear weapons program while funding it, uh, have both led to this moment. The, The crisis that Israel is in right now is to a large degree because of these feckless policies and the idea that uh, that the United States and Joe Biden continue to double down on these policies in this moment is disappointing. But at the same time, I think that uh, it is clear that there's a tremendous amount of support going to Israel to allow it to do what it needs to do. And, and the hope here is that if Israel does uh, win this war uh, with a conclusive victory, that uh, the statements that are being made today are going to become irrelevant tomorrow. I hope so. You know, I was telling uh, the listeners earlier, Alex, that I take a uh, ferry to a shuttle every day to get home, you know. And I got off the ferry yesterday, and by the shuttle, there's a big light pole. And wrapped around this light pole were pictures of all the hostages. And, um, well, they all stuck in my, my head, all of them, a lot of teenage girls, which really scares me because I know what these animals do to them, 10 at a time. But one that really struck me was an 80-year-old grandmother with her 12-year-old granddaughter who was snatched from the kibbutz. Do you know, Alex, that less than an hour later, this is a true story, I get home less than an hour later just to read they're both dead. Now, the IDF has come out today and said, we know for a fact most of these hostages are alive, and I believe them, but there's two right there, 80-year-old grandmother, 12-year-old granddaughter, dead on the side of the road in Gaza, and we want a two-state solution? Really? You know, the, we just got word this morning that the Palestinian Authority, which would be the alternative to Hamas, they're the ones that ran the Gaza Strip from 2005 until 2007 after Israel withdrew from the territory. And then they were overrun by Hamas. They're the ones that they rule in Samaria in the West Bank. They instructed, they sent out a letter to all the clerics of the mosques to uh, make inciting speeches today. Uh, to incite the, the people to kill Jews, uh, that they, in their official state budget, uh, pay for pay salaries to to terrorists that are in Israeli prisons, that they pay stipends to the the families of these so-called martyrs, which are basically Palestinians that were killed uh, by Israeli soldiers while committing act of first degree murder against Jews and they pay for this. This is this is what's called pay for slay. So this terror inciting uh and terror financing entity is the one that uh that President Biden has been talking about uh returning to Gaza and also uh the authority that would lead what would they would call a two state solution. How do you feel personally as a Jewish man living in Jerusalem? who was not far away from rocket fire every day. Now they've they've hit all parts of the country, north, the south, the east. Fire rockets coming everywhere today. As a Jewish man in Jerusalem doing this courageous work, how do you, Alex Trayman, feel about a two-state solution? I think it's, it's very clear that after uh, 2,000 years uh, that the Jewish people have returned to their homeland when they talk about 
a two-state solution. What they're talking about is having a Palestinian state in the biblical provinces of Judea and Samaria. These are the provinces where all of the biblical cities that, that we read about in these weeks in the various portions where it all took place. And the people that want there to be a two-state solution uh, want there to be a Palestinian state that would have zero Jews in, living in it. The reason why Jews are called Jews is because they're from the province of Judea, and the people that want a two-state solution want the only province in the world called Judea to be completely Judenrein. Uh So, no, I don't think that uh, Israel should cede any more land uh, to terror entities, and, and I think that the, the majority of Israelis right now are united around that idea, even if they were supporting of a two-state solution just, just two weeks ago. Alex Trayman, live from Jerusalem, I did mention earlier in this conversation that it seems like now they've hit the whole country with these rockets, whether it's Hamas uh, or Hezbollah. I believe it was the East that was getting rocket fire this morning. You, you can tell me. What is the situation like right now at about 3.30 in the afternoon in Israel? Oh, just a half an hour ago, uh, Israelis in the city of uh, Modi'in, which is uh, a pretty large city, uh, right halfway between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, were all sent into bomb shelters. Uh, still areas in the south, like Ashkelon and Steyrot, which have been just pummeled with rockets since this began and have been for years actually pummeled. Uh, you know, they continue to have to run into the bomb shelters. In the north, uh, the Israeli city of, small city of Kiryat Shimona has been completely evacuated uh, because the IDF uh, understands that this, uh, this front with Hezbollah and Israel's north and southern Lebanon is is very, very likely to open up into full-scale conflict. And if that happens, you can expect that uh, Hezbollah operatives will try to uh, infiltrate into Israeli territory exactly the same way that Hamas operatives infiltrated uh, two weeks ago on Saturday morning here. Uh, So a lot of tension here. uh, And also you have over 360,000 reserves. Uh, that have been called up. You know, these are fathers, these are sons, these are brothers, these are best friends, and and they've all been uh, on the Gaza border now for for two weeks, some of them in the north, so they haven't been at home. And uh, people have been calling their families, you know, saying saying goodbye uh, because they know that they're about to go in and they're not going to be able to bring their phones with them. And, uh, you know, you can imagine the the pain and the hurt and the fear that we really have. Sure. uh, I mean, we know that this is going to be disastrous for the Israelis between the booby traps and the, you know, these other people aren't afraid to die, these animals. So we're going to lose a lot of folks, a lot of folks. But you keep saying they're going in, they're going in. And every day that goes by, and I've told you this before, there are Jewish Americans, not folks there, that are starting to doubt whether or not that's ever going to happen, that that, you know, Biden and his over, over, over sense of sympathy for the Palestinian people might might be able, might be able to convince Netanyahu that going on the ground is not a good idea. Now, I know Netanyahu is stronger than that, and I know eventually it will happen. But there are some concerns here from pro-Israeli people that all these troops amassed at the border are never going to go in. Well, the strong sense is that they're going in. Uh, that's what every soldier is telling their families. That's the statements that we've heard from the defense minister and the Southern Command uh, just in the last 24 hours. They're they're really prepped to go in. And I think what you saw this week in Israel where you had uh, the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, you had uh, the 
British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, and you had, of course, President Joe Biden here. Uh, in each one of the press conferences, Prime Minister Netanyahu said it was going to be a long and difficult battle. Uh, and I think that all of those leaders are well aware that Israel plans on going in. Uh, and they've all said in their statements that uh, they stand with Israel with its right to defend itself. They see that Israel's not uh, specifically targeting civilian, civilian casualties and even is uh, open to allowing humanitarian aid in, which I think was the conditions uh, that these leaders put on Netanyahu for their support. But I think that he has has acquired their support, uh, and the entire world has seen that. And, and now that those visits are over, uh, people are saying that even as early as tonight or tomorrow morning, uh, we could see the troops entering into the Strip. Wow, tonight or tomorrow morning, Alex Trayman, Jerusalem. I'm seeing now there are pro-Palestinian protests uh, expected today in Egypt, in Jordan, in Tunisia, in Pakistan. I know right now they're having a bunch of rallies and unrest not far from you in the West Bank. So while we talk about the tremendous Israeli support, you know, on the ground, at least in some of our major cities, it just doesn't look that way. Is that disheartening to you folks or you don't pay attention to that? Uh, you know, this has been happening, uh, you know, a- a around the world for the last 25 years. The amount of anti-Israel sentiment is, has been uh, been just on the rise and, and Israel's had to deal with that, you know, with double standards, demonization, delegitimization. So it's not a surprise that in this moment that all of this uh, has been coming to the surface in a powerful way. But honestly, people are going to support Israel more at the end of this if Israel wins. If Israel loses, uh, the the amount the onslaught of uh, of anti-Israel sentiment is going to be overwhelming. I'm afraid, but if Israel wins, I, I do think that uh, people want to support winners, and and also Israel needs to put an end to this conflict so that uh, that these jihadis around the world understand that there's nothing left to fight for.